Good morning. It's good to have you join us here at First Baptist Church of Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, glad that you're taking some time uh, to worship with us today. And as we begin, I just want to say that uh, we're glad that you're able to uh, uh, sit down, perhaps, and, and listen to this uh, broadcast. If there's anything that you would like to uh, uh, ask us about during the week, our church offices are still open Monday through Thursday. And you can reach us at the uh, church phone number, the uh, 372-5212 number. Uh, we also have a website, Facebook page. There's ways to get in touch with us. Uh, we are keeping track of prayer concerns, continuing to pray for folks in different situations. If you have a need of a special prayer request, feel free to call us. We'd be happy to add that to our list of prayer concerns. And this morning, before we open God's Word and take a look at it, uh, today, uh, I'd like to invite you to join with me in a time of prayer. So would you bow your heads with me right now? Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for the beauty of this day. Thank you for the opportunity to join with one another, to prepare to open your word, to uh, ask you to speak to our hearts, to our spirits. Father, bless us in this time that we have together. Father, we pray right now for uh, all those who are in the hospital affected by the coronavirus. Father, we pray for the family of those who have lost loved ones. We pray for a quick recovery for those who have been affected. And Father, we pray for the many other surgery needs that perhaps have been put on hold. And we pray that they will be able to uh, uh, have operations performed and carried out. And we pray for your healing hand as the great physician to be upon all of those that we know of from our family, our friends, our community around this world. We pray for them. Lord, we pray for the uh, medical uh, personnel that are working in hospitals here in our state, across our nation, from the East Coast to the West Coast. We pray for uh, all of those who are seeking to guide our nation through these days. We pray for our city government here in Stillwater. We pray for our state government the leaders there, we pray for our national government and all the leaders there. And Father, we pray for a quick end to the coronavirus pandemic around the world. And Lord, we pray that uh, in every day, we will remember that you have promised never to leave us nor forsake us. We will remember that you are with us. Father, speak to our hearts right now, for it is in the name of our Lord and Savior that we ask. Amen. This morning, I'd like to continue to look at the appearances of Jesus, especially in John's Gospel. And if you have your Bibles and would like to open, this, open them with me, then let's turn to John chapter 21. And we're going to think about the first uh, uh, 14 verses of John chapter 21. John chapter 21. And let me just say a few words about John and the writing of his Gospel you know, when we open God's Word, we should always remember that what is there is meant to speak to us. Also, what is written there was inspired by the Holy Spirit. What is there was meant to be recorded, not just for us in these days, but down through the history of Christianity. And we can rest assured that the Lord has a message for us in His Word. And John wrote uh, as... Uh, the last gospel, as far as we know, John lived longer than the other disciples, and it's very likely uh, that John, in his writing, uh, took care 
took especial care to remember the things that had touched his heart and spoken to him. And so as we look at John's gospel this morning, let's remember this is a very special uh, word from John's heart and from the Lord's uh, plan for us to understand what he would say to us. So this particular passage, we're reading about a time that is a little bit after Jesus' first appearances. Uh, Jesus has sent word to the disciples that he will meet them in Galilee. And the disciples have evidently gone to Galilee and they've arrived and they've been waiting for him to appear. And he hasn't shown himself. And so we find a moment here where Peter says to the other disciples that are named, seven and all, and he says, you know what, fellas, I'm going out to fish. And they say, we'll go with you. And so they take off together to fish. Now, it's very likely that uh, Peter had Andrew with them, James and John are mentioned, and these were men who had been fishermen for a livelihood. And it probably felt good to go down to the shore of the Sea of Galilee to get a boat ready, to get the nets put in the boat, to do everything that they knew how to do so well and so easily. And pushing the boat out into the waters of the lake would have been a familiar experience and perhaps even a comforting experience right now. It could have been that in the past days as they were waiting for Jesus to show himself again, they missed the physical presence of Jesus being with them every day. They missed the sense of, okay, today we're going here, we're going there, we're going to do these things and the inactivity that they had had may have made them wonder, what is it going to be like going forward to follow Jesus? And so they get in the boat and they go about a very familiar task. Now, John tells us that they fish all night. And my guess is that they started out like most fishermen thinking, we're going to catch all the fish we want to, and it's going to be the greatest fishing trip of all time. They knew the places to go where fish had been before. They knew where uh, their favorite uh, locations were on the lake. And so they made their way through the night to go to this place and that place. And they let down their nets. And I'm sure they tried different net casting techniques and different depths and all these things. And they worked and the hours passed by and the hours passed by. And they had caught absolutely nothing. And now it's close to the breaking of dawn. It's that time of the morning whenever everything is shrouded in gray, not quite able to make out everything, and they have someone standing on the shore call out to them and ask them if they've caught any fish. And their response back to this stranger on the shore is to say, no, we've not caught a thing. And then the voice says, let your nets down on the other side. And thinking they have nothing to lose, they cast their nets another time on the other side. And immediately, John remembers, the nets were full. The nets were full to overflowing. And they realized that this was an unusual catch of fish. And as they're trying to haul this net to the side of the boat, John turns to Peter and he says, Peter, it's the Lord. Who else would it be but the Lord helping them in this way? And we read that Peter was so excited that he jumps into the water and he swims to the shore. And then 
Jesus is there and he tells Peter, go and help the others bring the net to the shore. And they bring the net, the boat up on the shore. And they uh, count 153 large fish. And the nets were not broken at all, even with this unusual catch. And Jesus has breakfast prepared for them. A charcoal fire, bread, fish. And he greets them there and he meets them. And John says that this is the third time that Jesus has appeared to the disciples as they sit down to have breakfast with him. Here's some things I think we can think about in this appearance of Jesus on the shore of the lake. We notice that they tried all night long to catch fish. They caught nothing. And you know what? This fishing trip was Peter's idea. It felt like a good idea. But they tried to do it by themselves. And can we not see in this the idea that it really makes a difference when Jesus helps you with a task? And when Jesus says, here's what I want you to do, then there's success. And there's much response to their efforts. And they're able to finally catch fish like they had not been able to catch too all, catch all night. You know, we need to remember that it's one thing to try to do and accomplish and achieve in our life. But to try to do and accomplish and achieve without Jesus will really not be successful. We need his help in all that we do. And then Jesus tells them to bring the boat ashore, bring the net, and they notice that in the net there's 153 fish. They're large fish. And the net is not ripped apart, it's not torn. And again, I think there's something here that we could see in this passage. That when Jesus is saying to them, you can do this, you can catch this catch, that he's going to help them, he's going to provide. Jesus is actually going to ask them to do more than bring a large net of fish ashore. He's ultimately going to ask them to stand before the Sanhedrin, to go into their world with boldness and courage, to take the gospel to places that they really haven't even dreamed of yet. And in all of this, I believe there's a sense of Jesus saying, you can do this. And then Jesus invites them to come and have breakfast. You know, Jesus meets the disciples in his resurrection appearances. He meets them at meals, like with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. He meets them here at breakfast on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is with them physically in the way that he's been with them in past days. He's with them in the moments of life, the daily moments of life, eating, breaking bread, sharing things together. And the truth is that Jesus is going to continue to be with them, not physically, but in the years ahead, he's going to be with them spiritually. When they break bread, when they have meals, when they go forth as disciples into the world, He's going to be with them. I believe that what we can take from this passage is the understanding that Jesus is with them another day. Jesus meets them in the midst of what they are doing. Jesus helps them with what they are doing. 
And Jesus brings his presence even to their meals. The disciples that would have read Jesus's, uh, uh, the story of Jesus from John, the disciples in the years to come that would have treasured this gospel, they would have faced a world in which there were many challenges. They would have faced times that would have been very difficult. We read about Christians that followed Jesus even into the Colosseum to die, even into cities and villages to share the good news, out into their world to be the disciples Jesus called them to be. And you know, everywhere they went, whatever they did, whatever they faced, Jesus was always with them. And I think that we can remember that for the days that we live in right now. We wonder how we're going to make it through these challenging days of social distancing, of the threat of a coronavirus that is potentially everywhere. How are we going to handle these times of not being able to gather in church? How are we going to go forward as a nation when our economy has been so greatly affected? How are we going to face the challenges of these days? I do want you to know that as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have his promise that he is with us even to the end of the age, that he's going to be with us at the times that we gather for meals, the times that we go out to do our work, the times that we wait for the days to be different, the times that we in faith hold on to his presence. He's going to be with us. And you know, friend, if you are trying to live these days without Jesus, it's really going to be like casting the nets and nothing's going to happen. I would ask you today to think about this. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, if you've never found his love, his forgiveness, his presence, his strength for you, then why not? Why not be willing to say, Lord, I know that you sent your son that whosoever believes might have everlasting life. And Lord, I want to ask Jesus Christ into my heart to be my Lord and Savior, to give me his presence, his hope, his strength for all that I face. And friend, you can ask Jesus into your heart even this day. Even as we pray today, you can pray where you are, in your home, wherever you might be watching, and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart to save you from your sins to be the Lord who'll be with you wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you face. May we bow our heads together and pray right now. Almighty Heavenly Father, thank you for the written record that John left for us and his special memories of Jesus, remembering what Jesus did and remembering details like 153 fish and that the net was not ripped, remembering details that Jesus had a charcoal fire prepared for breakfast for his, his followers there on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Father, knowing that Jesus has been crucified and he's risen again, he's in their world, he's in our world, Lord, help us with great love and devotion. Say, Jesus, be with me. Jesus, watch over me. Jesus, guide me and help me. 
And Father, if there's anyone today that needs to ask Jesus into their heart, help them to be willing to just simply pray, Lord, I see what you have done in your word. And I know that I am a sinner separated from you. Lord, I repent of my sins. I ask for your forgiveness. I invite Jesus to come into my heart, to be the Lord, to be the boss, to be the CEO of my life, to be my all and everything from this day forward. And Lord, thank you for hearing my prayer. Lord, I ask that you will touch hearts today as we open your word, as we worship you, and help us to trust you in these days. Lord, guide us in our days to come. And it is in the name of your Son, our Savior, that we ask all of these things. Amen. Let me share this blessing with you as you go about the rest of your day. From Romans chapter 15, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. May the Lord bless you and guide you today.